photos. Uh, man, you've got some really glorious lighting right now. Do, do I look New Yorky? You look like you're using a Snapchat filter or something. <laughs> it's a New York filter. Well, perfect, because the theme of today's show is getting old. Oh, done and dusted. That's exactly what I want to talk about. Well, you know, it is, um, for a lot of different reasons, it's the theme. It's getting old hearing us talk about Eric Logan. It's getting old hearing us talk about the WSL. (laughs) Um, Derek Riley wrote an article that I think is um, the premise for today's show. Quote, youth participation in surfing plummets as bombshell study reveals average surfer a 45 to 49 year old white cis male exclamation point. Boom! Did that shock you, David Lee Scales? It did, and then it didn't. As, I mean, the headline shocked, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense. I mean, it's who's in the water, let's be honest. But did you read Derek in his story also said that he added the cis white male on his own? <laughs> <laughs> I read that, with, and then in parentheses, he's like, you get it, don't blame me. You know, yeah. <laughs> It's like clickbait headlines. You know how it works. What are you going to do? Just fully owning up to it now, not even trying to skirt around the clickbait thing. Why even? Why even? It's our bread and butter. Like, what are we going to do? True. It's the way of the world is what it is. Yeah. Can't beat it. Surfing is no longer a youth sport inextricably tied to youth culture. So his, you know, article was based on a study that was done at a Bond University uh, or that somebody did at Bond University, I should say. Um, but then it's also anecdotal. It's also throughout the article, he was talking about having gone to the surf film career, premiere for the greatest surf film on, in the world recently. And it was all bald, you know, shining domes essentially throughout the theater. And then also being in the lineup and just seeing a lot of older people in the lineup. But I can relate to all of that. Like, I don't see... I see, I guess, some Groms learning how to surf occasionally, but I feel like the exact dem- my demographic demographic is exactly what I've always experienced in the water. So when I was in my late teens, there was a lot of late teens in the water. When I was in my twenties, there was a ton of twenty year olds in the water. Now in my forties, I see mainly forty year olds in the water. So does that mean though that basically we were the last generation of uh, surfers to pick it up? I think like to want to, so. I mean, cause if that's, if you're aging with everybody else and not seeing youngers come up under you, but that is totally true. Like I rarely, rarely, and I'm, I've always chalked it up to before Derek published that thing, I chalked it up mostly to the kind of places I'm surfing, right? Like the kind of, I'm not surfing yeah. at seaside reef, for example, cause I think seaside reef is chock full of kids still or D street, right? Like, I feel there's breaks around, and I'm sure there's breaks around Huntington, too, that are kid breaks. Uh, but yeah, the the overwhelming, like, I think those are rarities now. It's, I think the, I mean, this is what the Bond University can't, you cannot say anything against Bond University. Um, I think you can. I know probably, most of our listeners, I think most of our listeners. I think most of our listeners fit this study as well, fit this demographic that they're talking about. Um, so it just makes a lot of sense across a lot of metrics, I would say. 
And there are still kids in the lineup. It's just a smaller percentage. The other thing that we might have to factor in is COVID learners, COVID beginners are all adults, right? Are all middle-aged adults who were previously working all the time and then they weren't working. And so they took up surfing. So that, that skews the stats probably. Here's a scenario for you, David Lee Scales. A Mm. probability. Did COVID adult learners with all their kooky, kooky, kooky flair completely destroy the next generation of surfers too? Not only are they clogging the lineup, they have discouraged some kid, some eight-year-old, maybe rips, likes it, going down to the beach one day, he's got his mayhem tucked under his arm, running down the stairs, sees the trail of aged kooks on soft tops, turns right back up those stairs, tosses his board and grabs a skateboard, grabs anything else because he's like, this thing is unseemly. Let's be honest. This thing is gross. I think you're onto something. I don't I don't know if it's we could even take it a step further and blame the WSL. We could blame Ben Gravy. There's a lot of entities that are arbiters of the sport now that, that are, are kooky. kooky. Kooky and making it look like I've said in the past, making it look like WWE when it inherently is the UFC making it look like rollerblading, you know, like rollerblading I mean, that's what culture it is. could have gone one or two ways. The WSL, Ben Gravy, whoever else, have steered it hard into the direction that the actual rollerblade brand steered what could have been inline skating, you know? I mean, yeah, because, like, I think the, uh, the quick uh, thing that people are going to say, right, is that kids don't want to work hard anymore that kids are lazy. They have their TikToks and their YouTubes and they're, you know, lazing around playing their video games or whatever. Right. Except, uh, and I might've been thinking, okay, hmm, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe kids don't like the, the bar to entry of surfing is ridiculous, right? Like in terms of the amount of time you have to spend being frustrated, being wildly frustrated in order to like get minimal gain is crazy. Like you will surf every day for an entire summer. And at the end of that summer, you are rewarded with, if you're lucky, not going straight in the whitewash, but slightly turning down the line. Right. Like the, that is like three hard months, let's say for like one minor thing. And then you're going to, you know, whatever, like all the stuff is hard fought in surfing. Uh, and in the day and age of instant gratification, I think people could argue, you know, kids are just going to get gratified in stuff that's way easier, i.e. video games or TikTok. But I'm sitting at Lincoln Center all day watching like a bunch of kids come out from ballet, which is as way more brutal than surfing would ever be like the intricacies, the small little tiny gains you may be making a day, the hours you put in. So I don't think the youth are any less what we were or what anybody was right. Like if things like ballet were going away, then I would think, okay, kids don't want to work anymore. But I, 
I do think we've rounded in on it being Ben Gravy and Eric Logan's fault. It looking <laughs> kooky has, has like if ballerinas were all like soft toppers, if they were all doing some soft top dance on stage, making it accessible, this is, we don't have to do the hard stuff anymore. This is for everyone. This is for you too. Right. Then daughter would not do it. Daughter would look at that and be like, this is, this is kooky. I'm doing something else. I'm doing something with a degree of difficulty because she has like a drive towards wanting to be the best and not wanting to be like everybody else. Right. Which is, I think a bunch of kids still do. I think that, and that's what attracted us to surfing early in the day. Not necessarily that we were going to be the best, but that it was hard. It set you apart. Yeah. Well, those kooky things that the WSL and Ben Gravy are known for, while they may repulse, while they may repulse young people who want to do cool things, they want, they're influenced by coolness. You know who it attracts Eric is forty five to forty nine year old white cis males yeah. who have previously been sitting in office jobs. You know, so that's where that COVID influx. They see the WSL and what's happening. They're like sweet or they see the soft top they got fed the ben gravy video on the soft top and him giving shakas with full smiles and they're just like i want that that's exactly what i want that looks I wanna more feel, fun i want to feel good for like easy easy dollars like i don't have the time feel, to put in no i want to feel like a pineapple with sunglasses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that looks Pineapple's sweet and delicious. He's got sunglasses, which means he's cool. Freaking, I want that, you know? And so I'll buy the t-shirt too. I mean, I truly think though, like, and listeners, tell me how I'm wrong. I don't mean this to sound cynical. This is officially the death of surfing. We're like, we're over. I mean, it's it's in its death rattle. I will tell you you're wrong. Okay, are you sure it's not in its death rattle? I think the opposite. I think that this is the saving grace of surfing. I think when surfing started, it was regal and it was the sport of kings. And you had to be, you know, of status and nobility to even do it. It wasn't for kids. And that kept it, um, it kept it small. It kept it cool. It kept it aspirational. And so if it goes back to that, I'm totally cool with it. If it goes back to it being the sport of kings? Well, I guess I'm connecting now the sport of kings as with the 45 with to 49 year olds only yeah. doing it. <laughs> so there is a chasm within it, within those two things. However, it's adults doing it then and it's adults doing it now. So I think that we're closer to that now than we were uh, when it was kids doing it. Okay, but I th- <clears throat> can, can we agree we are in the lowest ebb and again, listeners, I would love a way in here, but is this the lowest ebb surfing has ever been? Let's examine the evidence as put out. We have Ben Gravy. Poor Ben. What did he do to deserve this lashing straight out of the gate on this show? Here's what Ben here's what Ben needs to know, and Kelly Slater needs to know as well, is that they've just become a totem. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they represent so much more than they're actually responsible for, but we can, we need a totem to point to, to be like, 
this is what, rather than having to say 1,000 words to explain what I'm talking about, I could just point and say this person's name. And yeah, that's okay. unfortunately, Kelly is the catch-all <laughs> for that. Ben's also the catch-all on the other side of the spectrum. I mean, I will say Kelly deserves every lick that he gets, though. Ben doesn't, right? Like, But Ben, as a totem, a, you're 100% right. Ben is totem status. Kelly's just a full-on fucking idiot. Let's just be honest. A raging moron who's, like, spinning out into the, like, I mean, can we talk about Kelly for a minute? Can we do a quick segue away from surfing? Because I guess this is all attached. Kelly was the coolest, and the coolest of the coolest, right? Was he not? Like, Kelly threw Kelly's reign or Kelly's peak. I've hit on it like occasionally on beach grit about him dating supermodels. Uh, he was handsome. He was virile. He was ridiculously talented. The husk of a ridiculous man that he is like when Matt, Shor- Matt Warshaw and I, I first got to know Matt Warshaw. I don't know if you know this, David Lee scales back in the day when I think he did a New York times piece that said, Kelly needs to retire. And this was, must have been a good, a solid decade ago, if not slightly more. And I excoriated him. I said, Matt Warshaw is a fool. He's a fool and a foolish man. Kelly Slater should surf for eternity because he is, you know, whatever, whatever I said. He is like all of this personified. He is everything that we've thought that he was forever. Realizing now Matt Warshaw was exactly right. Kelly made an ass of not only himself, he made an ass of all of surfing. Well, you know what the turning point was, right? Uh, him. (laughs) (laughs) That was when it all changed is when he realized his love. Um, by the way, Sterling Spencer literally today just posted an Instagram telling about Kelly Slater retiring. So he's a decade after Matt Warshaw, but the same yep. sentiment. I mean, he so. blew it though. Now he shouldn't retire, to be honest, because he's honestly burned everything cool to the ground. His, like, I mean, his uh, aura ring, for those who didn't see it, Kelly's. Yeah. Uh, you know, on Beach Girl, we were talking about it, and everybody, of course, we talk about it on the show. Kelly hasn't surfed in Brazil since I think 2015, Derek Riley reported. Uh, and, but, you know, has his wild cards and all this kind of stuff. And so, will he, won't he, right? Like, this is his sort of farewell tour, I guess, or he still thinks he's doing something, or who knows what he's doing, right? Like, who knows? I've heard rumors. Are you ready for this hot rumor? First time yeah, I even it. kept this out of Beach Grid. Apparently, from a good source, which I didn't corroborate, so take it for what it is, uh, World Surf League and Surf Notables uh, were trying to get Kelly the one of the U.S. Olympic slots uh, based on just his being Kelly, right? Like everything he's done for the sport, everything he is, you know, which is all totally true. Everything he's done for surfing. And so just give Kelly one of the or or. Get an, give an extra slot to America for Kelly to surf this Olympics. And Olympic Committee turned it down, just saying we 
appreciate what Kelly's done. We understand his significance, but we, even though it's, I think, the most corrupt organization on earth. Did you just see the Paris Olympic Committee offices raided? Yeah, so it's not like that they're not corrupt. But I guess that was some level of corruption they weren't willing to bend to. And so I said, sorry. But yeah, so everything Kelly has done, but then the mockery, the absolute mockery of what he is now. So with the Brazil contest, everybody was talking about openly, and he reads all this stuff. He knows about all this stuff. He's going to feign sickness. He comes out day before with his aura ring report. Oh, man, been sick. Uh, fever, sinus, bloody blah, blah, barely made it home, which is like yeah. the level of checked out absurdity there. I mean, it's like it is Monty Python comedy. Well, and what what surprises me, like we would assume, presume that he's not going to go to Brazil. Um and he pro and he won't. I mean, he hasn't delivered the official news yet, but he won't. I don't understand why he puts so much effort into trying Shading. to dupe everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like why why post the Uva Ring thing and pretend to be sick? I mean, the odds of him actually being sick are slim to none because every single year there's a different reason why he pulls out. And he's never once just said, I don't like going to Brazil. I don't like the waves there or it's way too crowded and my level of celebrity, you know, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't make sense for me. Instead, he comes up with an excuse every year and commits to the excuse and then never admits the real reason. So we anticipated something like this, but it's a it's a real there's a real level of commitment to the lie, essentially. I mean, I think Kelly truly self deludes regularly like he convinces himself of something right and so i think he every time brazil comes around i'm sure even though it's 15 or since 2015 so it's last time so it's eight years running eight yeah uh eight years running of truly believing his own excuse right like of yeah feeling like the sniffle oh no i'm sick but like i know for a fact that he you know, was out at the Florida Surf Film Festival. Wonderful that they had him. Great that he was there. Didn't like there's posts of him out and about, not looking like he's on his deathbed, crawling home. No, and that's I thought about that too because when he posted that Uva Ring screenshot, it was like two or three days after the Florida Surf Film Festival, and in it he said, "I'm on day five of being sick right now." Yeah. So I was like, well, that means you would have been sick back there when you were hanging out with everybody in a crowded room, you know? But And so, also looking well, looking well and fit in those pictures, looking great. Yeah, it didn't, didn't look sickly at all. Um, well, keeping in the theme, Laird Hamilton was spotted on Jeff Bezos' half-a-billion-dollar super yacht with Lauren Sanchez, Bezos' uh, fiancé, I guess. What are your thoughts on this story? I mean, I'm just shocked to see the level of celebrity that Laird has leveled up to. He's always oh. been hanging with celebs, but now he's like Bezos. I mean, Laird, I think, and I've said this for a minute, but I haven't said it in probably like recently enough. Laird is the most famous surfer on earth. Like I call Kelly the most famous surfer on earth, but still when I meet somebody who has no idea about surfing, they will reference and they know that I'm in surf. The person they will reference is Laird nine times out of 10, not Kelly, right? Like Laird has transcended it all. I think 
his, I think either purposefully or accidentally, Laird was really smart about how he positioned his brand, his personal brand yeah. is Kelly is like traveling the world perpetually, right? Like when is Kelly ever anywhere? But theoretically he lives in his Chinese girlfriend's home in or parents home or whatever in San Clemente. He has his North shore places and he has uh, some gold coast places. Right. And I'm sure he has other places too. Gold coast. San Clemente. I'm not sure. I'm not North shore. But I mean, those are the three homes that I know that he has. None of those are celebrity haunts. Laird went and posted up in Malibu. Laird lives amongst all of these people, right? And so Laird is the bell of the ball, I think, for anybody who's moneyed or famous or whatever. It's Laird as their dude. Yeah. Again, I don't I agree with you. I don't know if it's by design or just by happenstance, but he absolutely nailed it. And when you look at him standing on the back of that super yacht, he fits the bill. He's like yeah. the quintessential good-looking, muscled-out surfer dude, and everybody wants to hang out with him. You know, like that's the guy you want standing on the back of your yacht that you want to and he's and he's obviously well known. So he's like he's happy to play the part. Well, and also like, you know, Kelly, like I'm sure that, you know, obviously Kelly's famous and ish and whatnot, but Kelly talking with some investment bro, right, about his 11 world titles. They know that he won 11, but what does that mean, right? Then they look at Laird on the still OMG wave and think that's instantly, they're like, oh, you are King Triton. This is who you are. You are a god of the sea. We understand this. That's what it is. He's Triton. He transcends any level of uh, one image or one video or one title or anything like that. He just is the guy. And and Bezos, who, what's you know Bezos? I'm sure with Kelly, he will be aware of Kelly and be like, oh, you're really accomplished as a surfer. That's really cool, right? Like you do this thing that I think is cool since I'm a however old six year old man, and that's cool. But with uh stinking Laird and Chopu wave and whatnot. I mean, it's so funny. Like when was the last time Laird Hamilton rode a big wave? I mean, I think he uh, does stuff at Jaws every now and again, right? I think he's foiling out there. I think he's foiling big swells and stuff still. Yeah. But like Laird is not like paddling into bombs, right? But Laird yeah. did such a good job of making that his brand and then keeping fit that I'm sure the assumption is, if you ask any one of those folks, Laird is the king of big waves. Laird Hamilton is, yeah, ridden the like. I wonder if poor Garrett McNamara is sad that, you know, he, people <laughs> know him a little bit, but like he's out he's, still trying to get the hundred foot wave, and Laird hasn't surfed big surf in forever and is still King Laird. Laird, I mean Garrett has come in hot and late in the game you know what i mean yeah. like he's making a last minute bid for awareness uh and it's super admirable but laird has done you're right in terms of branding laird has done it because he i think always saw lar he saw outside of the surf uh world you know like he never yeah. really kelly was always thinking like quicksilver is it for me and then create a brand that exists in the surf world or whatever, create surfboards for the surf world. 
Laird always saw way outside of that. And it was like, Land Rover is who I want to be partnered with. I mean, you know, and I remember and early yeah. days, like realizing that Laird was on Oxbow and yeah. as like a, I think high schooler and thinking, wow, I think Laird Hamilton is sweet. I'll get some Oxbow. But what even, what is, what's Oxbow? <laughs> like, how, and they didn't no even Google sell back it then? here. No, of course no. not. Like, so really trying to puzzle out with, magazines and books and stuff like what is oxbow and how do you get oxbow i know it's so funny um by the way that story about him being on the super yacht what qualifies as a super yacht what what's the super portion is it a certain dollar amount i think it's both if and uh, i'm no yacht builder but if i recall it's both size and dollar amount or it might it might only be size to be honest i think it might only be size because with size comes a certain dollar amount i'm assuming but yeah i think i think to be a super yacht it's above a certain length and i think the length if i recall i can't wait for the calls on this we'll have to play one next week (laughs) but if i recall it's not like crazy crazy dumb long like it to be a like an average dude could theoretically i mean not average but like i think a sailing yacht and again this is real oh what is it is it uh, is it let me guess is it is it is it over 250 feet no 100 79 to uh 590 in length okay there we go boom so uh my buddy theoretically's boat is a super yacht, I guess. Oh, I guess this he is what? a seventy. My buddy's oh, just sailing boat, uh, but it's his is a seventy. So I'm, I take that back. But is as close to a super yacht. But it's a yacht isn't the same as a sailboat. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a sailing oh, it yacht. Yeah, yacht is oh, just okay. boat. Oh, it's a sailing oh. yacht. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Glad we got to the bottom of that one. Yeah. Um, Listeners I was just like, thrilled. can people just call it, can people just call it super? It's like, no, it's the length. Like, okay, good. Good to know. Cause I but, feel like also, the same distinction, the same distinction needs to be made with porn star. I feel like yeah. if you work in porn, you're just referred to as a porn, a porn star. Actor, it's like, not. yeah, not everybody qualifies as star. star quality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally ridiculous. So the other uh, adjacent news, so it, Celebrity and surf adjacent is um, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are queuing up a cage match. Did you see this news story? No. This needs to go on Beach Grit. I mean, this will be the lead for this airing of the podcast, I suppose. So this is not a joke. Here's the way that this all happened. We know that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, foiling, large wave foiler Mark Zuckerberg, Kylie's um, best friend or former best has, friend before he yeah, fell out of love with surfing has recently taken up uh, mixed martial arts. Right. So that's his new thing. Anyways, Meta announced that they were going to roll out a service to compete with Twitter. So Elon tweeted, quote, up for a cage match. Mark Zuckerberg then screenshotted that tweet, posted it in his Instagram stories yesterday and said, send me the location. So Bloomberg and everybody is reporting on this as um, 
a cage match, potential cage match between Zuck and Elon. The beauty is of this, I love when things like this happen to other people. I mean, super rich and famous people in terms of, and probably prideful. I mean, for sure, Zuck and Elon are both, you don't be a billionaire without like heaps of ego and pride where when the thing takes on a life of its own, that neither one of them can say, I was just joking. Uh, Like, I'm sure Elon posted it to be funny. Zuck probably responded to be funny, but now it's not funny. You're actually going to have to fight each other. And the amount of ego, because one of them will lose. And I mean, for sure, who do you put your money on? Like, we know that Zuck has been trained. That's really the question. That's where all of everybody's going to be talking about. Um, So we're convinced Zuckerberg's a robot at this point, right? So I I think a robot could win the fight. I mean, I feel like he's completely void of any and all emotion, facial expressions, emotions. He's obviously amoral. Uh, He's designed his life to mimic that of what humans are into, you know what I mean? And it's always a yeah. little bit behind a trend. So he's he's just like taking notes from humanity and then trying to do. So I feel like he's all but confirmed to be a robot. And in that in that scenario, he smokes Elon. I mean, that's the truth. Even though Elon's got to have like what? Like at least seven inches and 100 pounds on him. And also like it, despite zuck maybe having a certain level of training at this point elon's wily like elon has no training and he's down to smoke weed on rogan's podcast he's down to risk all of his money to take a gamble on something and therefore i feel like he's just going to come in and go for the balls or something like that and zuck won't even know how to handle it i mean that's what i think is um this is john henry versus the machine right here where weirdly elon is john henry but I would take Elon's <laughs> complete disregard of stuff and Zuck like training and getting all the positions right and blah, 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 like yeah, being exactly. so robotly attuned that human, exactly. I'm going, I'm going for human. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling Elon would get into Zuck's head before it ever enters the cage and Zuck will have a mental breakdown based on Elon's ribbing. I mean, imagine though, because they're going to, I mean, I guess that's the way they both would get out of it is kind of to do a WWE style thing, like a make, make a performance for charity and like throw chairs and whatnot. Right. Like, and uh, have like jumping off the ropes and all that. But like, yeah, I mean, because there's no way they really can go toe to toe because one of their egos would not be able to take the outcome which would be, yeah. I think Elon could take the outcome. Like, I think Elon could lose to Zuck and say like, oh, well, you know, what, what do you do? You, you know, you lose a billion on Twitter, you get a billion on Twitter. What do you, what do you know? Like, it's, life is weird. Yeah. Where Zuck could not. It, it is hilarious, though. It's a hilarious headline and concept. I love it, and that's exactly uh, what I needed. Okay, cool. Well, hey, we've got a call about pros in the wild from a celebrity caller. Pros in the wild. I'm at Oceanside, staying on the beach there. Peek out the window. Shane Beshin and Dino and Dino pull up in the truck. I'm talking Dino and Dino just on the cover of Surfing 
machine, fishing, starting to go full flight, um, giving it to Kelly Slater. One of them's not wearing a leash, hair's long, floral wetsuits. We are just losing our mind. We don't even think, don't even think about surfing with them. We just walk out on the jetty, jaw scraping the rocks, and just watch them surf. A couple shakas, a couple hoots, and uh, that was that story. And another pro in the wild, boat trip with Tom Curran. Um, never saw the guy on the same boat never saw him every time we'd go to pull the pick we'd be like where's tom like we got we, we can't leave without him well, which boat is he on i remember just like hitting the binos looking at all the other boats trying to figure out where tom was um hey you guys make it a great day and it's a great show cj hobgood i love cj's i like I want CJ to do something with his voice. Like CJ as a voice actor, as a like should be in animated films, like do advertisements. CJ should just be the leading American voice actor. His anytime oh. he comes on, it makes me smile ear to ear just hearing his his voice. Totally. How much do we love Tom Curran, by the way? I mean, I love, but here's the beauty, I guess, is this aging, dying thing that we can now appreciate, like, in its demise. It was Tom Curran's poster on my wall as a kid. Tom poster, or Tom, I'm sure it was your poster on your wall, right? Yeah. Like, the big, I didn't have Kelly Slater posters anywhere. I had a giant Tom Curran poster. And again, I'm older. But Tom Curran represented everything that surfing was to me then. And he re- represents everything that surfing is to me now. Sila. That is it. Surfing is now over. It started with Tom Curran and it ended with Tom Curran. He, it's, I mean, every every Curran story I hear trumps the last one and builds the lore. But the idea of being on a boat trip. This isn't a this isn't a cruise ship where there's hundreds of people and you don't see one of them. This it's is not a even a super trip, yacht probably. trip. I might be a no. It's probably it's probably not. It's probably six people on that boat, and you cannot find Tom. He's just missing all the time, which is incredible. I love I love that Siege too knows his boating terms. It's not pulling anchor. You're pulling the pick, right? Through the pick down to to hold. Like yeah, yeah, love Siege, but yeah, like Tom Curran. And I. I never would have guessed, like, if I know the stories about Tom and CJ's got, I got a story about Tom and I'm like, I can't wait to hear it. I never would have guessed that the story was, we never saw him. You know, I would be like, oh, did he, I don't know, mistake a shoe for a telephone and try to make a phone call home or something? Like, I think it's something, but I never would have guessed that. And that's somehow even more Tom than what I would have guessed. And the question is, like, I know Siege, you know Siege. CJ is no slouch in terms of, like, hunting waves to go surf and whatnot. And so was Tom surfing, and I suppose we need a, another CJ Colin, was Tom's like paddling around the island finding some next level break? Was was Tom downstairs just playing guitar in his room? Like what at the end, like, because for sure they sussed something out. What was Tom actually doing? That was the premise for searching for Tom Curran. <laughs> 
<laughs> had to really, really try to find him. Um, I wonder also, is Tom actually up to something or is he just completely oblivious? I mean, like, the, is the... he, does he, does he know like that he has this persona and so he's playing into it some of the time or is he just fully unaware that we all have this uh, idea of him? I think that true geniuses, true geniuses, there's a little bit of a mixture, but it's like 90-10 unawareness, right? Like you are your own genius and then enough people tell you that and so you're aware that you're different uh, and unique, but you, you don't lean in a little bit if you need to in a room kind of like for whatever reason, I'm sure Tom rarely ever leans into his, but I'm sure there's even sometimes I would imagine that Tom does something and says, am I doing this because people think I'm supposed to be Tom Curran or because this is what I really want to do. Like a little bit of self awareness, but I think that yeah. geniuses of the geniuses I don't think they have much self-awareness. They're, they're not like paying it. That's not what they're like. They're out exploring the universe, right? Like what you think of me is what you think of me. And that's, that's well, that doesn't matter. Like I'm out there. I'm on a bigger and better. He's legitimately enamored that he found a free scrubber. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not, I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. It's like, that's such a perfect name for a movie name for a surfboard and he's on the beach with a bunch of trash any of us could have been on that beach nobody would have pulled up a brush called it a scrubber instead of a brush and then been marveling at the fact that it's free because it's on the beach only he would do that you know for those listeners who have not i i will say free scrubber is not only like ages like fine wine it's not only the best uh, surf movie of the last few years I would think as time goes it's challenging uh, Endless Summer to be the best surf movie of all time yep I'm I'm here for it yeah. I support it um, by the way kudos to Vaughn for Bl- Vaughn Blakey for uh, coming up with that title uh, for the film because that with any other editor or director that would that little clip would have easily gotten deleted and yeah. not used in the film because it's senseless it's nonsensical you know but for Vaughn to identify that that's the most current moment in all of the footage is his you know a pat on his back for his own genius and I like that now we that we know that surfing is dying and we can just memorialize it uh, we can really say things definitively because nothing else is going to come after this this is it right and so I can also say definitively that Vaughn Blakey uh, goes in the as we're carving on the headstone has a name prominently placed Vaughn Blakey is a such a gift to surfing like a something that we didn't deserve and yet got from the movies he made from the just like his writing personality the whole thing vaughn is a gift to that ron didn't get vaughn's charm well sharp as attack but perfect level of kind of irreverence as well you know perfect sense of humor all of it um well continuing on have you seen speaking of uh greatest surf movie in the universe no have you uh-huh. just the 
extended trailer, but never the actual film. Well, I don't think it's out yet. I guess Derek just went to the premiere of it uh, in that article I saw. So I guess it's starting to make its rounds. But yeah, I'm eager. Did Derek say that he liked it? I, I didn't. I have not spoken to him about it, but need okay. to. It looks incredible. Yeah. We don't know, like Vaughn and that cast plus Claymation or Stop Action, sorry. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it makes no sense, but it looks incredible. <laughs> like yep. the concept, and even as I'm watching it unfold, I'm thinking to myself, this never should have made it to production. And I'm so thrilled that Rip Curl funded it because I mean, it completely. looks amazing. Yeah. It makes me almost want to buy a pair of Rip Curl something. Not a wetsuit. Almost. Since I'm in Mule. Yeah. Of course. Um, well, moving on with, uh, or continuing on with the theme of the show. Um, and getting old sucks. New York Magazine wrote an article in which your wife is quoted. Ooh. Believe it or not. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, I think it's she told me, but I entitled, it. It's entitled, The Athletes Who Can't Afford Their Near-Death Experiences. And so I don't know if you saw Dylan Longbottom's wipeout this past week. I did. In Australia at the slab. Yeah. Crazy, crazy um, imagery, video of his wipeout. He's surfing one of the scariest, biggest, most dangerous slabs in the world in Australia and gets towed in on what he said was the biggest wave of the day. Derek Riley actually interviewed him, and there's an article about it on Beach Grit. Um, And so Dylan said it was the biggest wave of the day, but as a slab, as it goes with slabs, um, they're kind of backless and the bottom often drops out. So he's looks like he has a clean line into the thing and it looks like a good wave, but they morph those waves morph. You can't anticipate when and where it's going to morph. And so he's on like a six foot face of a wave, but the entire back of the thing is 12 feet of water basically. And the bottom just opens up and it, there's nowhere for him to go. There's no line for him to take. And so he pearls, goes immediately over the falls, apparently does not hit the bottom. It's shallow there, but doesn't hit the bottom on the first go, but gets sucked up and over again and then gets absolutely impaled by a limestone pinnacle that is part of the reef on the bottom. So his chest goes flat into the finger of the pinnacle and it shatters some of his rib cage collapses a one lung entirely partially the second lung um he's 49 years old he's out of commission this article was featuring and talking about uh tom lowe's injury that you and i discussed at chopu about a month ago so it describes his wipeout and then says quote Then things got worse. Lowe's travel insurer denied his injury claim and Lowe was stuck with a $40,000 U.S. out-of-pocket medical bill. For the traveling surf dude to get a $40,000 bill is pretty intimidating, he said. There's no gray area. I simply did not have the money. Vans Europe, his sponsor, certainly did. But when his medical bill came due, it had no legal obligation to help because like most sponsored surfers, skaters, snowboarders, skiers, mountain bikers, and other action sports athletes, Lowe is an independent contractor, which can leave him exposed to the worst, the kind of worst case scenario that he experienced. Lowe said, sponsors can even, I'm sorry, this is where Cersei comes in. 
Quote, sponsors can even cite injury as a reason for dropping an athlete. According to Cersei Wallace, a sports agent, to some of the biggest action sports athletes who started out as a pro snowboarder herself in the 90s, Wallace hurt herself while performing for her board sponsor, Ride, which was then acquired by the large ski brand K2. The company terminated her contract, but with the help of a lawyer, she won her case in arbitration. It's the whole reason that I became an agent, Wallace says. She says that she always makes sure the athletes, uh, the athletes she represents are insured or in the process of being insured. Boom. That's the wife. Good job, Cersei. And she does honestly, good. she yeah, she does great. Um, at this age, are you insured? Do you have medical insurance? She has Cersei. I mean, through her, yes. Okay, but uh, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> but I am such a dipshit on all of this stuff, and she is, yeah, she uh, gets real mad at me a lot. But she is also not my agent. So, like, <laughs> it's just get your stuff together and me say, oh, okay, I'll do, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't you worry. I got this. Don't worry. I got this. Well, knowing that our listeners and the vast majority of surfers on the planet are 45 to 49-year-old cisgendered white males, um, this is the PSA to get the insurance, not only to get the insurance, but to get the travel insurance, too, which is something I had never, ever considered before. There's stuff too. Uh, I can't remember. I won't name names because I don't want to. I think one of them's called Spot. Maybe there's like travel insurance that you can buy that cover it all. That's super super cheap. Like that's okay. really cheap, easy to do. Which I, I'll ask Cersei Wallace what people should do and put it in the show notes because it's not expensive and it's not like a difficult process. Like. And they cover like uh, airlifting out of places and whatever. If you're going to go on a surf trip wow. or whatever, yeah, like it's it's an absolute no brainer. So later in the article, they actually interview Travis Rice, and he talks. He kind of laughs about how many GoFundMe he's contributed to for yeah. snowboarders who have been in bad, pro snowboarders who have been in bad accidents that he wants to help out. But I think that he said that now at lift on lift tickets at certain mountains you can pay an extra like three or four or five bucks or whatever to buy the insurance yeah. just for the day. I mean, I, and I think that that might be spot too or something. There's somebody okay. who's doing that, but it's all, it's an absolute no brainer. Yeah. Like again, Travis ain't going to go fund me because he's got Cersei Wallace as his agent, uh, through COVID. There were so many athletes that got terminated for, uh, what act of God. What's it called? What's the Latin? Whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that's in all the time. Force Majeure. That's it, which is a great film, by the way. Have you seen the film? Have we talked about it? I have. Yeah. We've talked about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did. Ruben. Uh, old Ruben Austin. But uh, anyway, uh, so many got canned or th just cut for Force Majeure. None of Cersei's clients, because Cersei will ruthlessly, or especially before COVID, ruthlessly cut out Force Majeure. Like, nope. The, I mean, exactly what the article said i guess is she got hurt while under contract on a i think it was on a shoot and it's like no you can't cut me i was working for you and i got hurt like how in the world is this and so yeah has done a phenomenal job i need to do a lot better of learning from cersei wallace but she lets me 
be a jackal. Well, that's the thing is, uh, I don't think we acknowledge that we're actually getting older until you're confronted by something like this. And on that way for Tom Lowe, he might not have been injured when he was in his twenties, had he had the exact same wipeout, you know, but things just hit different when you're in your forties. He's not in his forties. Actually, he might be 29 or so still, but things just hit different as you get older. And so you really need to start planning for it and mitigating against it. And I think the fairer sex is probably better at some of those things than we are. I I mean, I think that truly like those things are really counter to each other of planning for the worst. If you're thinking about the worst thing that can happen when you're surfing backless slabs, you're not surfing backless slabs, right? Like it is one feeds to the other, right? Where it's like, you not having a care in the world and or just like being like, nope, I got this. Like I on the prize, I'll, I can do anything means you're not going to be getting insurance because you're not thinking you, like the second I would imagine doubt creeps in where back to Vans, it should be Vans' responsibility. If they have sponsored him to do this, I was thinking Vans should go buy the policy for him, right? They shouldn't even tell him like, yeah. Vans should pay the $3 a month or whatever it is to like hook their bros up and it should just be part of this. Like it's insane to me still that it's not like the Tom Lowe's or whatever of the world are CT surfers who are like, everybody knows what they are. They are sponsored by Vans to get crazy shots in crazy places. And that's what they're paid for, right? And so then for the Vanses of the world, which I would love for a Vans executive to call in and say, how in the world are you not just straight evil by letting somebody swing for something like that? But on the, oh, you chose to do it thing. Like, well, screw you. Well, the, uh, it should be stated for the record, um, later in the article, they did say that Vans actually did contribute to picking up the tab for that medical bill. So they're under massive pressure. On- under massive right. pressure, which is we should always bring pressure on the companies. And I mean, I think that's the real note. If that if it's ever going to happen, it's going to be because of because of pressure, not because of the goodwill that they have. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I think the tides are changing to a certain degree with stories like this. And it may, it would seem like those brands, if they're going to enter into sponsoring athletes, that they would kind of get a blanket insurance policy that is factored in. Or that is part of everybody's contract at that point, you know? Like, they have obviously medical insurance for their employees. And so to be able to extend that out to contract employees would make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's silly. It's silly that they don't. And or just do a deal with one of these companies that provides kind of spot insurance. You don't have to provide all of their medical. But if they're traveling somewhere and surfing or whatever that you've got them in case something goes wrong yep totally uh well hey guess what we've got a segment that we can cut to Presented by Sun Bum. Surf Splendor 15 is the promo code for 15% off anything and everything on sunbum.com trust in Sunbum. We do. We trust in Sunbum and that's why our listeners trust in us. Um, by the way, Sunbum's got new merch and uh, they're sending me some shirts. And I was like, I saw the shirts. They're real simple. Just like the little monkey logo 
small, you know, on the chest, on the pocket. And I was like, you know, I never wear logoed anything. Um, I just wear plain t-shirts basically. I'm actually excited to wear those Sunbum shirts. I was like, I fully use Sunbum. I fully believe in Sunbum. I have a relationship with Sunbum. I'm going to wear that shirt with pride. It's the of first course. time I've seen a logo shirt that I was like, can't wait for those things to show up. Get me in some Sunbum. It's totally like things that you actually care about. Feels good, I think, to advertise on your body the logo of what that is. I know. And I don't want, I wouldn't wear it if it was uh, grotesque, you know, like if it was an oversized logo or whatever, just looks stupid, I wouldn't wear it. But I'm like, those shirts look rad. And the fact that nobody else is going to have them, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of like yeah. off, yeah, they're just low key. So I'm, I'm down. I'm excited. So anyways, listeners can have them too. They're on sunbum.com and they can save 15%. Surf Splendor 15. Um, so we've got listener reaching out for advice during Pride Month, Chaz. Great. Can't wait to hear Do it. F- I know. I'm really curious to hear how you navigate this one and whether or not you're going to get us into hot water in response. Excited too. You ready? All right. Yep. Hello, David and Chaz. This being Pride Month, I thought I would chime in as being maybe the only transgender part of the rainbow of diverse grit listeners out there. I had some thoughts about Bethany Hamilton's comments on the WSL, but F that for now. Instead, I have two challenges for Chaz. Firstly, a barrel or nod to revisit. Take one look at the photo of David Lee Scales' pizza on Instagram a month or so ago and explain how that crust gets left on the plate. Seriously, if you can rethink kissing kids on the lips, you can rethink pizza crust. That's number one. Number two. Uh, Number two, secondly, I need advice. I love when Chaz details, quote, a good look for a man is dot, dot, dot. And then occasionally he'll actually do the same for a woman too. So I'm curious, what's a good look for a trans woman? Don't worry. I won't be offended. I'm up for a laugh. More on Bethany later, or maybe not. Maybe it it doesn't matter that much. All the best, Link. So Link wants to know, uh, what's a good look for a trans woman in your mind? Okay, so Link, are we talking about, and David Lee Scales, you're going to be a uh, Link proxy here. Because the good look for a man is both behavioral and uh, like physical and whatever, right? Like it's all the things. I don't offer good looks for women because I'm not a woman. And I so I don't offer good looks for trans because I'm not trans, right? Okay. So do you think this is meaning uh, behavioral or this is meaning like style-wise? I was thinking it's style-wise, but I think it could be both probably. Okay. So style-wise, if I was trans... I don't... Yeah. I mean, style comes with behavior too, to be perfectly honest. And as you've stated in the past, it's confidence is... You can rock anything with confidence, right? It's totally true. So I guess a good look, the best look for trans, not even the best look, a good look for trans, I think, is to be both confidently who you are uh, with, I think, empathy. I mean, because I think empathy truly is a good look all around, which I would argue empathy is the best look. 
especially in this day and age, right? Where I think people get so tied up in who they are, man, woman, you know, from like, whatever, the person who is thinking that uh, trans in sports is going to wreck female sports, right? Like that, boom, it's going to blow the wheels off and this is unfair and all that. And we've talked about this. And of course, there's an opinion there, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just going to go, David Lee Scales, for all of us, trans too. That empathy, right? Of understanding that, hey man, you're weird to a lot of people in culture. Your whole thing is uncomfortable. And instead of like punching that in the mouth and saying you're wrong for being uncomfortable, it's like, hey man, convince them that it's not uncomfortable. That they have, and I hate to say it, but you are their one trans friend, right? It's the stinking damn trope of, oh, you know, my one black friend, or in Kelly Slater's case, my one Chinese girlfriend. But uh, the people really do, I think, come to greater understanding of others, not through reading about stuff, but just knowing somebody. And so I'd say the best look for, especially in this day and age where it's so dang polarized is it's hard. I cannot imagine. I literally cannot imagine uh, knowing I am not a like troubled, you know, minority group. I am not, I am a cis white man, right? The other day, New York here, uh, went and bought a beer at the bodega and black dude behind the counter said, do you want a bag for that? And I said, no. And he said, you'll get in trouble for bringing it on the street. And I said, I won't. And knowing, and we had a laugh about it, right? Like, but knowing full well, my privilege, that is, that was not earned. That was not gained. That is nothing I deserve, but that is the reality. And that is an unfortunate reality and something that I need to fight against and actively fight against, right? We all need to change these kinds of tropes. Uh, but I think the, so, but again, like on the other side, I can't imagine being a black dude and having to say, you know, I got to basically go prove myself every day to these white bastards out there. I have to go be like nice or whatever to these hateful people. Uh, and I can't imagine a trans person doing like going outside and saying the world hates me or feeling that way or huge percentages of the world think that I am literally the devil spawn and have to go be a bro would be tough. But I think going and being a bro is what else can we do? And maybe way easy for me to say as a cis white man, but that's a good look for a trans is really trying to be a bro every day. That was the most convoluted dance to an answer that I've ever seen you do in your life. I wanted to interrupt. I wanted to save you once or twice. And I'm like, nope, just let him go. Just let him go. The dance will be more entertaining than anything else. So let's just see what he does. But at the end, really, truly, in this day and age. I hear, I hear where you landed. I hear what you're saying. I, and it's not wrong. I feel it's we just, bring people together. But it's like if you're going out and saying, no, I'm just saying, what's a good look for a trans woman? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying being empathetic, being going out and knowing people think you're weird and or not people, but like 
depending on which circles circles you're in. But well, still, the vast in, majority of society, yeah, thinks that like you're a freak, right? And like taking that one on the chin, saying, "Yeah, you think I'm a freak? I'm going to show you. I'm just a good person. I'm a person that so, you want to be bros with." So my initial kind of thought uh, answer to the question was, is there a difference? Like if the question is, what's a good look for a trans woman? Can you just take out the word trans? Is there a good look for a trans woman versus a woman? Or are they the same thing? You know what I mean? Like is the look for the woman as uh, the equivalent to... What's a good look for a woman? Is it the same as a good look for a trans woman? And the answer, I think, is yes. And then it made me think, or is are there though? trans is that true? women? I mean, or are there trans women who want to identify as being unique in their trans quality and not be identified as a woman specifically? They want to be I identified mean, as a trans woman. And there is a distinction there. And so... Which, what is the good look for that distinction is the question. I, I cannot wait to hear back from Link. Uh, but I do think this is Pride Week, right? Or Pride Week, sorry. Pride, Pride Month. month. Uh, sorry for cutting three weeks off the Pride Month. But we're in Pride Month. Again, in New York, there's Pride flags everywhere, right? There is like Pride, 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 Pride. Uh, and so to me, that says that LGBTQIA plus see themselves as a group, right? There is this and there is this. And so if they see themselves as a group, then I would say there is separate rules to that group that they distinguish, right? Or that, that are distinguished, that it's not just, I want to be a woman or I want to be a man. Like, I think all those letters and the plus is like, this is unique. And some of them might just want to, say hey treat me like a woman some might say tr like treat me like a trans woman right or and on the flip side while i would think that empathy is a good look for link or anybody on that side empathy is times 10 more important for us on the cis white male side right of saying like i see you as a person and i am really 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 trying to figure out what you want right like because i don't know what that is like but me not knowing what it is does not instantly mean that like i know and you don't or anything right like help me help you link yeah. help me help you this is the well, long convoluted dance ends with that i will say i'll finish <laughs> with an addendum that is i think a good look on a trans woman is au natural like too much makeup too much pomp and circumstance too much anything isn't a good look on anybody you know what i mean and Except so though you have this but you have this whole drag queen culture right which it's all about the flamboyance it's all about the over the top so look if you're if you're going out to do something like that and it requires you know a look a costume go for it and do that but i'm just saying in general, a good look on a trans woman is less is more in my mind. I think that's true. Is that? But I don't Go think ahead. that. I mean, I think a good right, look well, on a trans on a trans woman is like 
if you're going, go. Like, if this is what you want, boom, like, blow it out. Because why not? Why not? Why hold back? Once you've crossed that Rubicon, what's the, what's the use in, like, subtlety? Um, I don't know. It's just the right look for everybody in my, in my mind. All humans on the planet, less is more in my mind. But what about you're you not a maximalist funny? is what I hear you saying. Well, what's funny is of all of the various topics that we've discussed over the four or five years, that the point where our paths diverge is on what we think a good look on a trans woman is. <laughs> That's the one topic that really divided you and I. Like opposite. I'm like, I like my trans women looking, you know, natural. I like God made them. And you're like, nope, I prefer a made-up trans woman. That's what I'm I into. prefer an, oh, a maximalist trans is what I, I'm yeah. in for. If you're going, then go all the way. I could see that for you. Yeah. I think you. that suits you. <laughs> I think I think, I think that you could link arms with Link and you would look I, just right. I mean, um, I don't know what, well, well, I don't know what kind of, what kind of, like, what is Link into? I mean, Link, please call in. Because this one needs a part two. Like, this can okay. be the great bridge of understanding. We all want to learn more. What do you more. want, what do you want to know? For, what do you want that call to be about? What do you want Link to call in about? Uh, I want Link to know if what I said made any sense. <laughs> and I want Link to... I want Link to tell our listener, who is pretty diverse, I think, but by and large probably also as surfers are older white men what she wants from them like what do you what do you want to feel what do you, what how can we help you how can we make your life better yeah well um i would love to know if there's any other trans female listeners or if link was correct at that uh among all of our listeners she would be the only one I'm guess curious. what we could do if there's another one hmm we could have a cage match between Link and our other trans listener, just like Zuck and Elon are going to have. Start training now, Link. Get in the gym. <laughs> Go find your nearest jujitsu studio. Um, well, thank you, Sunbomb. We will offer advice in any way that we can. And um, often it's romantic, sometimes it's surf related. And here we are with identity politics today. So. We'll, we'll offer whatever we can. Um, but yeah, sunbum.com, of course, 15% off with Surf Splendor 15. Go grab yourself some merch, aside from all the sun protection. Um, let's go to commercial break, Chaz, and then come back with Barrel or Not. Let's do it. Hey, dude, I know you're not going to get health insurance on your own as you age or anything like that, but there's one simple thing that you could do to buoy your immune system, to build longevity. You know what that is? I don't know exactly, and it's not. Nope. It is AG1 is what it is. It is AG1. Did it today? Did it yesterday? I am wife's guess where wife is sick because she's not doing ag1 no wife's not here though wife huh. dumped me in new york to take the kid to ballet every day to pick her up i am this kids if i get sick if i go down a la kelly slater i will be 
how is the kid going to get to ballet? Wife is off in Paris. She was invited to Pharrell's Louis Vuitton uh, first show. He is the, did you know Pharrell is now the creative director of Louis Vuitton? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure Pharrell. I even know who Pharrell is. You know Pharrell. But Pharrell, the singer, do, the multi-hyphenate. Yeah. So Pharrell is now the yeah. creative director of Louis Vuitton. Uh, wife got invited out, got to go to the pre-party, the show, and the post-party hobnobbing with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Rihanna complimented her on her hair, hanging out with, hanging out with Jay-Z and Bay. It was a, you know, wife's doing that. Uh, I need to be here, hunkered down, eye on the prize, healthy, the way I keep myself healthy, athletic green. Oh, I didn't, nobody heard that, edit that out in nope. post. AG, yep. AG1. A-G-A-G-1. Drinkag1.com slash surf is the new portal. The old one will get you there too, but we won't mention it. Drinkag1.com. That's the the, uh, rules and the method is all in the URL. Drinkag1.com slash surf. You drink it, you feel healthy. I have more questions about your wife before we cut away. Um, Yeah. Was it a last minute invite? Was she in New York with you? And was like, oh shoot, I got the invite. I got to go to Paris. She was in New York, but she just like, she had decided last minute to go. So she had booked her ticket from here to there, like within, I don't know, a couple of days from when we went here. But yeah, since I'm, since I'm ballet dad, which is great. And I, this is some more rules to live by smothered into an AG1 uh, spot, which is, uh yeah like kid i'm ballet dad and so like kid accidentally called her uh day one from the studio and thought oh uh, sorry was looking for daddy hung up on her and called me just to share stuff right where yeah yeah, like this is which i recommend for any dad but for you and austin be the parent of one of their things like be the one that they go to because it makes it fun well um, another thought I had about Pharrell is my only thought about Pharrell is I hate when people, uh, have too many job titles. Yeah. Like somebody will start off like their interview or whatever you watch their YouTube for something and they go, hi, I'm so I'm photographer, writer, actor, producer, director, so-and-so. And I'm like, you know what? just filmmaker sums it all up. You don't need to give me all of the different roles involved with filmmaker Pharrell at this point, you just had to give his whole, um, you know, job resume to explain to me who Pharrell was. He needs to ditch some of those. No, but I'm telling you legit Pharrell. I mean, he's also building a wave pool, you know, in Virginia beach. Crazy. I mean, Pharrell, I think must be the most talented man on earth because he doesn't just do stuff. He is like the best at stuff. He was the best producer you know, Emmy winning, whether you like his music or not, but Emmy award winning singer, uh, made a bunch of different brands, ice cream and stuff, which did phenomenal. And now the creative director of Louis Vuitton, if he was crap at all that stuff and then like, whatever, then you could say, well, you were just goofing around. You, you're really just this one thing, but he is like phenomenal at it all and making a wave pool. What do you think his net worth is? I'm going to guess probably not that much because he's a super creative. So I'm going to say uh, 15 mil. 
quarter of a bill, two fifty to two seventy five. Yeah, I mean, so there we go. So he's a on the way to being a billionaire too. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. All right, well, uh, drinkag1.com slash surf. <laughs> <laughs> When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back from commercial break, and we've got, people, of course, Buell. Yeah, go can, ahead. Can, can uh, people who subscribe, can they go listen to commercials if they want to? Of course, yeah, yeah. So, like, we haven't mentioned this for a long time, but if you sign up for supporting us at five bucks a month, you do get access to an ad-free listening experience if you want it. But I, when they sign up, I send them an email with those you, um, it's basically a URL that they have to manually input into the podcast app. So there's a little bit of effort. No, just once. And then it automatically updates with every episode. So they, lots of times they won't go delete the public feed. So they'll still have the public feed and it pops up at the same time as the private feed. Um, So yes, they can listen to the public feed to hear the commercials if they want to, to answer your question. I mean, I will say our uh, subscribers, are each and every one angels dropped straight down from heaven. But they're missing some content. (laughs) They're missing that hot commercial content. Um, All right. So we've got barrel or not today. It of course is brought to you by Buell, buellsurf.com. Buell grit 25 is where you get 25% off your wetsuits. So if everybody who's listening to the show isn't already wearing a Buell wetsuit, which they should be because who doesn't love barrel or not, boom, save yourself 25% at Buell surf. Please. All right. Um, First barrel or not comes from a listener. It's something that we covered adjacently in the past years ago, but I don't think we ever hit it right on the nose. So here we go. All right, here you go. Sam Schneider, 
just moved to San Diego uh, about a year ago. Transplant from Florida. Here's my question. Barrel or nah, can you wear a band shirt to a show of the band who's playing? I ask because I am here watching Blink-182 play. They're from Pale. And everyone's wearing Blink-182 shirts. Where I grew up in Florida, that is a huge uh, nah. But uh, apparently here it's Barrel. So let me know, man. Cheers. Wearing a band's shirt to their concert. This couldn't be more timely. Uh, so again, kid as a uh, so school of American ballet here in New York. There's some program. She is wearing proudly her San Diego Academy of Ballet swag. That's where she trains back home. She wears it in the morning. She comes out in her San Diego Academy of Ballet swag. She wears it, right? All the other little, not all, a bunch of the other little girls are in their SAB gear, right? Their School of American Ballet gear, which they just got. And kid automatically knows that it is not cool to wear the band clothing to the concert. That is the fundamental, and maybe this might be the principal and primary no on barrel. This is so no that I truly am sad that our caller had to question this, that San Diegans in Poway to blink, I suppose, what are you going to do? That is a no barrel times, that, that is the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead on record and say this is the noest barrel of all time. Well, yeah, you might be right. And the fact that Florida gets the reputation as being the armpit of America, San Diego should be ashamed that a Floridian showed up and had to school you in what's appropriate to do and what's not. And I think that really the heart of this or uh, kind of the origins of it come from, it just identifies you as being newly into the band. Yeah. Like it, you're the newest fan. If you're that geeked out about going to see them, you are the newest fan that's wearing their shirt. So to identify as a core fan, you don't. I mean, it is so kooky. The, the other part about this story, did you see? Uh, have you been following along? Rest in peace, all aboard, but the sub that went missing and then just got discovered as exploded on the bottom of the sea? Yes. Uh, so sub went and looked for at the Titanic like a janky like whatever commercial sub where apparently had an xbox controller to go up and down and whatnot like but all sad you know five aboard died but uh one aboard his stepson was at that blink concert and posted about it in his wearing the blink t-shirt at the blink concert saying sorry not sorry so that's you want to be that dude you want to be the stepson at while your stepdad is obliterated on the bottom of the sea going to blink yeah then wear the wear the wear the band's t-shirt to the concert you know what's worse um i don't know if you've i've seen it i don't know news stories on instagram and stuff but swifties taylor swift fans attempt to dress like her iconic looks when they go to her concert so i mean 
But I'll say that they, Taylor Swift has leapt into levels of things that I don't understand. I would love now that we had Link call in. I would love a Swifty to call in. And like the weird production, the all of what goes into being a Swifty, I don't understand and want to be empathetic to them too. Because I that is a level of fandom beyond what I can comprehend. Well, that's nice of you. I don't take the same approach. <laughs> I look at it and I feel embarrassed for them and wonder why they're living somebody else's dream is kind of the way I look at it. Just like how how fanned out and obsessed with this other human being's thing that they're doing, they're living their dream. Taylor Swift is living her dream so hard that you want to model your life after her chasing her dream. And that's absurd to me. Except for, you know, Tom, the wonderful, incredibly talented uh, graphic designer for the Florida Surf Film Festival. Yeah. We're friends. Uh, He posted on Instagram, you know, about it, and it was great and whatever. Got to meet David Carson. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But also one of the images was him, like, sitting behind Kelly Slater. Yeah. was at the and I was like like okay cool it's Kelly like who fucking cares about Kelly Slater I mean am I it made me that made me think like am I just an asshole that I literally do not care about Kelly Slater if Kelly Slater was sitting right here on the couch I would say the You're, same exact thing to him like I think people think but, that my, but aren't there aren't there people that I would that fan out on fan out about yeah uh, there's people that I really respect their work and whatnot, but uh, never to the fan out point. Like, yeah, I've I've lost as I've gotten older. I've lost the fan out thing quite a bit. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's there's uh, people that I truly respect as artists or whatever they are, where you know, and they're awesome and their work is awesome and it's great. But I would not post a picture like sitting in their presence, Tom. Would you dress in in the likeness of that person to go to that person's concert? That's, I mean, that's the that's when I was a kid. I loved Michael Jackson. I got the Michael Jackson jacket. I would have done that when I was a child. You know what I sure. mean? But now, sure. I mean, literally. So literally, I've I've told you, Lauren, uh, when the Taylor Swift tickets went on sale, she was part of. And then there was a news story about how the website crashed. Where they like modified pricing or something right she got some of the tickets and she was one of the few who got the tickets and so she's in this elite club and some of her friends got the vegas tickets so they were in vegas but lauren's going in la in next month or something anyways her friends were in vegas this last month and um she saw on instagram that they were there and she's like how was it and they're texting her back it's amazing what are you gonna wear when you go and lauren's like what are you talking about and they're like we we all dressed up and these are our looks and they have an image of Taylor from 2018 or something and they're modeled after outfit and these are grown women in their 40s with children at home and this is what they're doing. I'm telling you what, Lauren better solve this cat problem soon because Lauren's gotten kicked <laughs> under the bus harder over the last three shows. <laughs> I need content. I'll say, I will say though, she did not go out and get an outfit. She thought it was equally as absurd as I was, as I did. And she was showing me to say like, can you believe that these people are doing this? What's the, what's the resale though on those tickets? 
I'm trying to convince her to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they are now, but at the time it was like in the hullabaloo of it, you know, I think she spent two or $300 or whatever. It and is. the resale was gotta be like, a bunch. Yeah. They were like 2,500 bucks of, you know, selling on the gray market for 2,500. It was literally, it was tenfold. And so I'm like, honey, so, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Sell those so tickets. Cersei got a pair of, uh, oh, I don't know if I should share the story, but it was, <laughs> a pair of Pharrell's Louis Vuitton. No, no, or another. A, a pair of shoes. I'm going to say, a pair of shoes. Uh, had no idea. Just didn't really like them. Uh, but you know, whatever. A pair of shoes. Somebody came over and said those shoes are worth like, I think it was five grand or something. Get them on StockX right now. And she hadn't sold them for five grand, right? Where it's like, oh it was something insane of like sneakerhead stuff or whatever, right? Where, yeah, when stuff hits like 10X, you sell. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the biggest fan ever. Like, you just sell and you'll you'll catch Taylor in Vegas later. But she was able to get it because she has private access through the sports business? I mean, she didn't even know. They just sent they sent them to her, right? Like it just came, right? And but it, she was like, oh. "Got it." Yeah, yeah, like she wasn't. She didn't have any clue. Didn't ask for them. Didn't know anything about it. It was just like happened to be. They just happened to arrive. Man, lucky. Too yeah. bad you can't make a living. Too bad you can't get a ton of those and make a living doing stuff like that. I mean, that. I think okay, you can make perfect. a living of flipping sneakers if you want. And you could probably also make a living selling Taylor Swift tickets, tickets Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell her when we get off the air. Uh, <laughs> all right. Barrel, barrel or nah, number two, cleaning your house before the house cleaners come. Oof. Barrel. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. It's a barrel. This like, is... see. See, this is, I thought, like with box, cutting down your boxes for recycling yeah. day, I thought this strictly landed on guys do it this way, women do it this way. And I no. thought for sure, cleaning the house before the cleaners come is girls do it, guys don't. And man, you're I think, blowing my mind. But what you do, and by cleaning, I mean cleaning, right? And so you, so what I do, wash the dishes, do all the little knickknacky stuff that takes a lot of time for a cleaner so then they can do the stuff that i'm never going to do that's the whole point this is all gamed out in my mind right like of i'm not going to make your job harder and do the stuff that i regularly do or not do the stuff i regularly do because oh clean the like i'm not going to wash the dishes today or empty like i go harder before cleaning day than any other time during the week it's ridiculous i am forced but to yeah, but, but like, like I, literally, I get I get the talking, like deodorant is. I live seven days a week with deodorant on my bathroom counter, but on the one day the cleaners come, I have to take the deodorant off the counter and put it underneath the sink, so that the cleaners can clean the counter. Can't yeah. they just put it under the sink and still clean the counter? Can't they lift it up, clean, and then just put it right back? Because I'm going to need it later today, anyways. Guess what's not going to get done later? Something else, like one other task. They're on a time crunch, there, man. Like. They are, and I love this, is the, with our trans talk and everything today, this is, we've come all the way back around to the perfect, privileged, older, cis, white male problem to have. This is the but, ultimate privileged problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, like, 
they're on a stinking clock here. And so any way I can make their life easier and get them into a corner that I'm never even going to sniff, like, that's what I want, right? I don't want them to do the, they don't come to do the dishes. Like, how often do you have cleaners at yours? Once a week. Oh, man, you are way more privileged than me. I'm once every two weeks. So we, we were once every, it just got upgraded. It was once every two weeks until last week. And now it's once every week. And that's why this is in my notes is because I'm extra pissed. I have to clean an extra day, <laughs> an extra two days a month now. If I had a one a weeker, then I would not clean. I would just be, that, that's, I would like leave the week's dishes in the sink. Uh, but well, the see, once do... a two is like, I'm like biting my nails. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to, there's a lot of work to do here. Once every two weeks. I want to make your life as easy as possible so you can do the stuff that I'm not going to do. I I hear you in theory. I'm just not convinced those things won't get done anyways. Or I would rather you stay an extra hour. We'll up the rate to a con- – we'll prorate up it to cover that extra hour so that you then do those other things too. I just don't want to do anything. That's my or I mean I already do enough as it is. We do the dishes every day. We do the laundry every day. So I've got plenty. But you guys are here to clean. I'm not going to do additional cleaning just for you guys to come. That's my point. Would you? Would you? All things equal, the grit podcast hits Rogan levels of <laughs> listens. Uh, would you have a daily cleaner? I mean, if we could, yeah, I could be at the point where you have like a nanny live in nanny slash maid slash helper heck yeah that'd be amazing yeah well let's uh, listeners please subscribe <laughs> cersei needs a new pair of shoes that she could flip <laughs> I was um, for free. okay you don't need to scrap yeah that. i know i know i know all right well we got to the bottom of that one i'm going heck no you're going heck yeah, yeah final barrel. barrel or barrel or not it's summer Knocking on a melon to check its ripeness. Zero barrel. Uh, it's all straight myth. There's, I've like, you grab one that kind of, yeah, we really brought it back. I thought my being in New York, us being on opposite coasts, where it was all really diverged everything, but I'm glad we can come home on this one. Of, okay, good. It's all fake. Like, I don't know hollow not hollow you grab the melon that you give it your best shot because it's either good or not and it's going to be either good or not no matter how much you knock or what color the rind is or any other like weird witchery sorcery that you're doing there i so we're back on the same page fully agree you got this one right i am convinced Nobody knows how to pick a melon. No. And if somebody, and I've got a pretty, pretty solid criteria for getting a watermelon. I'm clueless when it comes to cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. I'm clueless when it comes to honeydew. You know, it is a shot in the dark. And I am convinced that just like when you see a surfer grab a surfboard, a brand new surfboard, and they put it under their arm, then they put the nose of it on the ground and they look down the bottom of it and they close one eye, they feel the rails. They don't know what they're doing. They have no clue what's what. Right. It's the same exact thing as when I'm in the grocery store and the woman is reaching outstretched, like leaning over. Yeah. Knock, 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 knock. She's not even picking them up. She's just knocking from one to the next, not even giving enough time to let it really ring out to her. 
And I've never asked a woman at the grocery store, but I'm inclined to be like, what are you listening for? Yeah. And then, of course, she'll be like, I'm checking for ripeness. And I go, what does ripeness <laughs> sound like? like <laughs> is, it, is it a hollow? Is it a dense? And then within that, there's got to be a certain range. Like, are you that sophisticated? Are your, your auditory skills that attuned to melons calling out that you know what's what? No, you have no clue. But for some reason, it's an instinct for everybody to do. 100%. Yeah. Just you go in, you look at that melon box, you grab one and you say, I hope this one's good. That's what you do. Yeah. Well, somebody did say, I don't know which melon it applies to, but I have a feeling it might apply to all is scratches on it are good because the birds try to scratch the ripe ones. That's the ones the bird wants. Oh, I've never even, that seems amazing. There we go. <laughs> I mean, but knocking isn't going to tell you that. Your eyes will. Oh, I really like that. Quit knocking on melons. You're probably damaging the melon. That's the other thing, right? You're bruising a melon. Leave it alone. It's nonsense. Everybody no, thinks they nonsense. know. They have no idea. No, I'm going no. to confront the next person I see and really like yeah. pin them to it. Just be like, make me, them give me, make, make them give me, me an too. answer. I'm yeah. in. It's nonsense. All right. When do you get back from New York? Uh, I think Tuesday. Okay, cool. What a trip, man. How's it going? Phenomenal. Yeah. It has yeah. been great. Yeah. Kids in heaven. Good. Are you eating well? Yeah, I'm just oddly, I guess maybe since the wife went to France, now she's in Rome, all I'm doing is eating French food. I'm just going from one French bistro to the next, which I realize that's, we don't have those in California the way they do here. Like, dude, that's we steak can't free get back here. No, like having steak free and moulet and like even the onion soup, like all of it, I've been basically eating French. Yeah, the I, I said baguette. Well, you can't get a baguette. You can't get a croissant here. You can't get a no. good croissant in Southern California. But yeah, there's strangely a glut of Italian restaurants, Chinese, Thai, sushi, anything else except French. Yep. That's what and I'm doing. I, and there are a couple high-end French restaurants, but there's no, zero French bistros. No, and like just the walk in with the like easy yeah. kind, like an easy steak frite. Is that's yeah. I've just been feasting on the easy steak frite. Bernays. Good for you, man. Yeah. Killing it. All right, good. Well, thank you, BuellSurf.com, promo code BuellGrit25. Thank you, DrinkAG1.com slash surf. And of course, thank you, Sunbum.com, promo code SurfSplendor15. Chaz, thanks so much for taking the time on an evening there in New York. And uh, anything else that you need to shout out? Thank you. No, I'm excited right. to, yeah, excited for next week. Excited to hear back from Link. Me too. We'll let Hannah sign us off as always. Bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs>